Welcome to another episode of Go Girl, because women are powerful. I'm your host, Ashley Caprice. Please be sure to rate, comment, and share. This is a podcast where we focus on affirmations, motivation, girl power, and girl talk. Today's topic, I'm speaking with the author of He Cheated, She Cheated, We Cheated. Women speak about infidelity. We'll get into it after this. are two of the most powerful words and what you say after shapes your reality. So today's I am affirmation is I am faithful. I am faithful. I am faithful to myself. You know, my plans and my goals, my dreams. I will not quit. I will not give up. I will go hard. Or go home, okay? You got to be faithful to what you're trying to do in life. Some people will try to tell you you can't do it. Some people will try to throw you off your path. Don't even listen to them. You have to see your own vision for yourself and know that you can achieve that goal, girl. You are faithful, right? You're going to keep trying. You're going to keep going because every step is getting you closer to the finish line. Every step is getting you to your final destination, you probably can't see the whole picture right now. But once you get started, girl, everything is going to flow to you. You're going to have so many different ideas that you didn't even think about before you got started. You're going to have so many uh, people that are going to support you. You're going to have so many people that want to help you, that want to give you resources, that want to talk to you, that want to mentor you, that want to help you to get to achieve your goal. Okay, I am faithful to becoming a better person and being the best version of myself. Say that. Let's say that together. I am faithful to becoming a better person and being the best version of myself. That means having your daily routine, okay? A little meditation and prayer in the morning ain't never hurt nobody. All right, a little lemon water tea, some yoga, some dance, some music ain't never hurt nobody. Get that daily routine popping. I'm telling you, your life will change. You're faithful to becoming a better person by living life without limits. I'm still learning this. There are so many gifts that I have that I don't share much of, like my singing. Just kidding. Your girl is not the best singer in the world. But there are other things that I want to do. And I'm like, why do I keep limiting myself? Why do I say, okay, well, let me do this goal for five years and then I'll do this one for five no girl you could do it all at the same time why not why not go for all of it try it all and let God use me right when I started radio I didn't think 13 years later I would be doing a podcast go girl but I'm letting my gifts of speaking of encouraging and empowering other people move me and help all of you it's all about serving everyone else let your gift guide you Okay, live without limits. You are so faithful to becoming a better person by taking better care of yourself. Take a break if you need to. Work harder if you need to. You know, say no if you have to. Say yes if that's a great option for you. You know, just take care of yourself for yourself, not for other people. Take care of yourself. 
And you're being the best version of yourself by speaking up when you need to. Don't let people walk over you. Don't let people take advantage of you. Don't let people do what they want to you or say what they want to you. Okay, because you're faithful to becoming a better person and speaking up when you need to. You're going to feel so much better. First, it'll be uncomfortable for you. But once that person hears you out, and once you're not saying yes to something you don't want to say yes to, girl, it's a game changer. And finally, I am faithful to my lover. Uh huh. Some of you probably was like, mm, I don't know about that one. Girl, I am faithful to my lover. I am faithful to my partner. I give my all in my relationships. I have integrity. I am faithful behind their back and in front of their face, okay? I am faithful. I give 100% in a relationship. I am selfless in my relationships. I am whole in my relationships. I am secure in my relationships. I am faithful. And maybe you haven't been faithful in your relationships in the past, in the present. Maybe you know a friend, family member who's gone through where someone has been unfaithful. And you're just looking on the sidelines like, why are they going through this? Or why am I going through this? So today, I'm going to have Girl Talk with an author about women and infidelity. We're talking all about cheating. Coming up next. I am so excited to have Girl Talk with Dr. Ebony Utley. She is a professor of communication studies at California State University, Long Beach. She researches, publishes, and teaches interpersonal communication. Her expertise has been featured on the Oprah Winfrey Network, as well as other national and international radio, print, and online outlets. She is the woman with ideas and the author of He Cheated, she cheated, we cheated. Women speak about infidelity. Welcome to the show, Dr. Utley. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, just to give a little backstory, Dr. Utley was my hip hop criticism professor at Cal State Long Beach, Go Beach. And we're used to talking about hip hop. I interviewed her before about her previous book, Rap and Religion. And now we're talking about infidelity, which is common in hip hop, though, you know, to be real. But what made you choose to focus on this topic now? I mean, you're absolutely right. I was doing the research for rapper religion, and I was reading a lot of rapper biographies. And I was reading about their primary families and their concurrent families. Sometimes they had children outside the relationship that were the same age as the children they had with their wife. And I just really wondered how the women felt about that. Yeah. The men seemed to get to talk and tell their stories. And sometimes the other woman would get to talk and tell her side, but no one ever heard from the wives. Right. So I tried to give the research away to my colleagues, to my students, and no one wanted it. So I was like, okay, I'll take it. Mm -hmm. I started doing some digging. And... It just so happened that I was married at the time, and my husband was working on an infidelity project of his own. Oh, no. So once I became one of my subjects, I decided to keep going forward. Wow. How was that experience with you, knowing that this was actually your story that you're pretty much writing as well? I mean, the book begins, like the first line of the book is my story. Yes. And at the time, several of my girlfriends were like, well, I don't think it's a good time. Like, maybe you should postpone the project. But I never had any doubts about it. I was like, now I'm one of my subjects. It's confirmation that I should pursue the project. 
So it was difficult at times. Like I still had lots of my own personal triggers and issues to work through. But talking to 110 women about their experiences with infidelity was like having 110 sisters yeah. who I could chop it up with who had similar experiences and great advice and were able to really support me through the process. So I knew that if the project was healing for me, then it would hopefully be healing for others. Absolutely. I was going to say it had to be healing for you while you were doing this project. You know, it's kind of like um, a lot of times, like even this podcast, whenever I'm talking to someone, I'm hearing something that's helping me through maybe something that I've been through, you know? So it's like, it's always healing when we're actually helping and serving others as well. Well, I would say it's always part of the healing process Mm -hmm. because sometimes we're more difficult than others. I've been working on this book for 10 years. Yeah. Um, And, you know, a month ago, I was working on the proofs and the first part of the book is the most intense part. And no lie, like I had to lie down and take a nap like, whew, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of terrible things going on here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, take a break. Yeah, Yeah. and and even though I had been with the project for 10 years, like sometimes I still have moments where I'm like, this is a lot, like even for me. Yeah. Um, So it's definitely a process. I I don't believe there's one point where you're like, okay, today I'm healed. It's all good. I'll never have another issue. I do believe that it's a process. It can get exhausting. So like you said, you would take a nap. Are there any other things that you would do for your own personal self-care? Yoga, for sure. Um, Throughout the process of working on the book, I became a twice-certified yoga instructor. And so yoga, meditation, deep breathing, being out in nature, all of those things, like really doing this work really forced me to up my self-care game. That's awesome. Uh, I do want to go back a little bit. So the first line, it did start with you found out your husband got another woman pregnant, you know, Mm -hmm. and... um, so after that, you left the relationship, correct? Did you try to give oh. it, a, did you give it another try or you were just like, I'm done, I'm out. You wrote your email and you were, you were done. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I'm letting everybody know, him, his mama, everybody. <laughs> now your audience, they have to get the book. They're like, wait, what email? <laughs> exactly. That's, you know, I, I have to let them know because that first line was everything. It just started out the gate. And when I continued reading, I'm like, oh. This happened to Dr. Utley. Like, I never knew any of, you know, that story. So um, talk about that a little. Like, how did you get over that situation? Oh, man. Well, to answer your, your previous question, yes, I decided to end the relationship ultimately, but it wasn't my first go-to. And I just think that's important. I want your audiences to know that just because infidelity happens, it doesn't mean you have to immediately end the relationship. For some people, that's their choice, and that's what they want to do, and that's fine. But for other people, they decide that they want to stay to maybe gather more information, or maybe they want to stay and work it out. And I just want to say publicly that that's also fine. Hmm. So infidelity was part of the reason that I left my relationship, but it wasn't the only reason, because if I'm being honest, there were lots of things going awry on his part and my part before he impregnated someone else. So part of the healing process is being honest about everybody's responsibility for what happened in the relationship. Absolutely. Taking accountability is huge. We, mm-hmm. A lot of people want to blame someone else. Like you have to look within yourself too. It takes two people to be in a relationship. You know, we all have a part in the demise of the relationship. So that's good that you took accountability. Now, when I was reading this, the stories were very jaw-dropping. And, you know, some were very uh, embarrassing situations for the women. There were times where I, I didn't even write the book, but I had to take a pause (laughs) and take a break. Like, oh my goodness, 
Are you serious? One lady said, I had more STDs than Carter's got pills, and I have been with no one other than him. Yes. My jaw dropped, and I was like, what? What was your reaction to hearing these stories? I know it had to be tough for you. Yeah, oftentimes it was. Like I said, I spent um, many a moment mid-book, I think I'm just going to lie down right now mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. stare at the ceiling. Yeah. Um, but that, that, that STI quote came up relatively frequently throughout the interviews, mm-hmm. that women who were virgins when they got married or had been tested and knew that they were clean, like all of a sudden, you know, mm-hmm. um, had different STIs. Some of them were permanent and some of them were not. Yeah. Um, so I think that I posted on social media today that I think that infidelity should be considered a public health issue yeah. in a lot of ways because we've got people who are trusting the person that they've married, right, and said that they would be faithful to to the rest of their lives to at least be faithful mm-hmm. or if not to use a condom, but then neither of those things are happening and now you have a disease that you've got to manage for the rest of your life. Right, because of the other person. It's- because of the other person and their carelessness, their disregard for their commitment to you disrespect yeah Yeah. it's it's disgusting (laughs) i identified with one it was the actually the very first chapter i was the last to know that my partner cheated on me and i feel like it's hurtful because you know there are families and friends that may know and they don't tell you anything until you're done with the relationship for other reasons and then it's like oh by the way he was doing this too like well thank you why didn't you tell me during the relationships i could have been gone you know and it's like um I just felt like that chapter right there is so real because a lot of women are thinking that they're in these happy healthy relationships not knowing that sometimes their man or their partner is living a a double life and they just don't know the truth and so we're just sitting there smiling happy on social media or whatever not knowing that there's a whole nother life happening with our partner, um, did you identify with any of these chapter titles and which one? Um, yes. Let me talk about some of the previous things that you mentioned first. Um, okay. The first is that infidelity thrives in secrecy, mm-hmm. but not just secrecy between the two people in the relationship. Yeah. In our society, there's so much secrecy surrounding sex. There's so much secrecy surrounding, like, family history. Mm-hmm. I mean, with the advent of, like, Ancestry.com and the DNS, DNA test today, so many people are finding out that their daddy is not their daddy right. or they had siblings that they never knew about. I mean, that's just a testament to how many secrets families keep, and they'll keep for someone's entire lifetime, if not more. And so the last chapter in the book really is about, like, what we can do to dismantle some of these secrets, right? Mm-hmm. That we should actually have conversations with our young children about sex and not just say, oh, you're too old for that, and not just cover their eyes if there's a sexual scene on TV without talking about it. We need to not teach our children that sex is shameful or that it's secretive so that we can actually have productive conversations, not just about healthy sex lives, but also about infidelity. So I think it's really important that we do that, and that's the reason I sent my email. I was like, I'm not keeping your secrets. Mm. This is affecting me in a negative way, and I need support, and so I need everyone to know what happened so that I can go get that support. So, yes, to your part about secrets. And then to your question about sections, my favorite section is I experienced Infidelity Plus. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I say favorite not because it's good, but because it's such important information. Very rarely do we think about infidelity as coexisting with other forms of intimate partner abuse. 
Yep. And I didn't ask about abuse in my interviews, but it kept coming up over and over and over again, these different types of abuse. And one of the participants, I think it was Forsythia, said that she's like, I call it infidelity plus. And in her case, she was talking about psychological aggression or her partner was gaslighting her. Um, And gaslighting is when someone tries to overwrite your reality, make you think that what you know to be true isn't true. So let's say that you ask your partner, like, why they're always out so late. And they're like, I'm not out any later than I've ever been. Like, you're just paranoid. It's not a big deal. Yeah, you're insecure. I know it's later. No, it's not, right? And they, until they try to convince you that it isn't. Um, So I've experienced Infidelity Plus is my favorite section title because it really does remind us that infidelity comes with some of these other sinister behaviors. And when those behaviors, I can't prove that there's a correlation, I can't prove that there's causality, but when they do share the same space, sometimes the plus is what really helps women draw the line and decide this is why I want to end the relationship. Mm. Wow. Yeah, Infidelity Plus was a tough read uh, because that's where I saw more of, I, I think that's the chapter where I saw more of the um, the STDs. I mm-hmm. saw more of someone stepped out and there was um, homosexuality in the relationship. Like her, I guess her man was on a download and she didn't know. Uh, there was abuse. And some, I do think with cheating, there is a little bit of emotional abuse because they are lying to you and trying to make, trying to create a whole different reality. So that chapter was definitely a tough read, but it was very necessary. I do want to let my list, listeners know that this is, a pretty necessary book, um, you know, just because sometimes you don't know why people have stayed in these relationships or you don't know, like you said, even with your own relationship, it's sometimes more than just the cheating that's happening in these relationships, you know, and just to hear these women and their stories, it's like, wow. And then so many of them stayed after hearing that their partner was cheating or that they had an STD and, but... At the end of their testimony, it's like they learned lessons and they would tell the lessons that they learned. Maybe they were naive or maybe they just wanted some validation and attention. That's with the other woman. A lot of times that's what they wanted. And I liked even more that you had your own understanding section after each chapter. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Mm -hmm. I didn't want to write a book that was just, salacious stories mm-hmm. where people would just be like, ooh, that happened and that happened and that was it. Right. I mean, there are, there is some beautiful storytelling in the book and there are some empowering moments and there are some disempowering moments, but I wanted to give them all context, particularly from the research on interpersonal communication and relationships. And I use common terms like secrets, commitment, mm-hmm. um, secrets, commitment, hurt, honesty, things that people are really familiar with, but maybe they aren't familiar with the theoretical perspectives behind them. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to use those concepts in everyday conversational language so people could say, huh, I never really thought of emotional abuse in that way, like with that Mm -hmm. definition, but now that I am, I'm understanding it differently because I have the context from these stories. Or, you know what, I always wondered why my fill-in-the-blank friend stayed in her relationship, Mm -hmm. but now I understand that she's she's got a definition of commitment that's based on these three things. Right. I always said that I was in love with this person, but now that I see these definitions of love, I understand why I was really with this person. Or maybe I understand that it wasn't really love at the end of the day. So I'm hoping to take some really everyday conversational language, 
put some theoretical context on top of it, gives some stories as, as examples to empower people to interpret not just the experiences in the book, but their own personal experiences. And you did really well with that. I really did like that, the understanding part. It's, it's just, it just helps us know or understand, excuse me, why things are happening the way they are. Why, like you said, maybe a friend stayed with the person and maybe because that's not even her breaking point. You know, she's with them because of this reason. And I'm looking at it like, why don't you leave? But she has her own reasons, you know? So it, I do like that part. And um, I think because understanding and compassion are two major uh, qualities that we should all have and possess. And um, I think that was just important. Did you did it give you more of an understanding about why women stayed in these relationships? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's not until I talk to other people that I realize I'm not a normal person when it comes to perspectives on relationships. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I'll, talk, I'll be talking to someone else. I'm like, girl, you should leave him. And I'm like, well, not necessarily. You know, mm-hmm. I'm always like, well, let's think about that a little bit. Or <laughs> maybe there's another perspective here because I've been exposed to so many perspectives. Yeah. All the interviews I did didn't appear in this book. So I have all of those experiences plus my own personal experiences that always make me say, well, wait a minute. Maybe there's more to the story that we don't understand. Mm-hmm. How has it been for you, though, moving forward in your own relationships? Has the infidelity made it hard for you to trust moving forward? No. Okay. It hasn't. And I think I just made a decision that it wouldn't. And for me, like, everyone starts with a blank slate. I trust you until I have a reason not to trust you. There you go. But then once I have a reason not to trust you, it's going to be really difficult to get back to that blank slate. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I I started with you and I I tried, but, yeah, I get it. There was a common theme that women, it seemed like a lot of women wanted to just keep the peace. They don't want to start a war or anything, so they would just deal with it and to try to appease their partner instead of causing an argument or or starting, like, a, making an issue bigger than what it is, when the issue was already really big. What did you think about that? In so many of those moments, the issue was only big for the woman who was avoiding a war. For him, it wasn't a big deal. Right. And that and that was the problem. Right. It he seemed like he was not... He would elevate the issue to the same level that she had the issue. He was like, oh, well, I didn't really love her, or she just made me go with her, or she chased me, or she didn't mean anything to me, but then you also had babies together, right? And you've had this other woman for the past 20 years. Right. And I think that was the biggest frustration. And women started to feel like, okay, if you can't even own up to what you did, then how are we going to have a conversation about moving forward? They weren't even on the same, like, plane. And for many of them, for financial reasons or because they had children or for religious reasons, they were like, all right, well, I can't get him to be honest with me, but I guess this is the life that we're living. Yeah, that's that's the sad part. It's like a lot of women just accepted it. Like, okay, like, like you said, the guy or the person would be nonchalant. Like, okay, whatever, this happened here. Take some pills. It'll go away. You know, one lady got... HIV, you know, and so it's like these stories are real. We that's like a Tyler Perry movie. That's a Lifetime movie. We see this all of the time. These are real stories, and the fact that one person who's doing the damage is saying, "Oh, okay, whatever," you know, just get over it. Kind of this other person has to live with the damage forever. These women are now telling their stories because, in some way, they might still be hurting 
from what they've gone through or what they're still going through. But I do like that you did give them an outlet for them to be able to speak. Who are these women that you've talked to? Like, what is what do they look like? Who are they? Whether their ages, their races, the backgrounds. The demographics. Um, Well, I can't get too specific about that to Mm -hmm. protect people's anonymity. Of course. Um, But it is the most, my book is the most diverse study I've ever read about women and infidelity. Because I intentionally over-recruited from the African-American community. There are several same-sex relationships in the book as well. I think my youngest person was 21 at the time, and then there were a handful of women who didn't state their ages, so I don't have that information available, mm-hmm. um, but I think that 64 is the oldest stated age for the interviews. Okay. Um, many of them were Christian. One of my recruitment strategies was recruiting at a megachurch, wow. so several of the women identified as Christian. Um, the average age at the time of the interview was 38, so most of the women were good and grown when they told me their stories. Okay. And most of them said they shared with me hoping that they could help someone else, yep. that someone younger wouldn't have to go through what she went through. And so I really respected that. And then several of the women had graduated from college or had a graduate degree, and I think that's the six degrees of separation from me because I asked my students to tell their friends, I asked my colleagues to tell their friends, and so because I'm a professor, um, this sample size definitely skews higher Mm -hmm. in educational attainment because most of the people were connected in some way to me or my circle. Got it. I understand. You said that you were surprised that some of your own friends came out and told their stories. You didn't know. Yes, like it really did surprise me. Like I was staying with one of my friends on tour for Rap and Religion, and I was collecting interviews for this book, and I'm I'm packing, right, in her living room. Mm -hmm. And she's like, are you going to ask me? And I was like, ask you what? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was so random. Mm -hmm. And she was like, if I want to do an interview. And I think I was like, an interview for what? Like I still didn't understand. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And she says, for your book. And I was like, oh, yeah. But what's most interesting about my friendships, like my friends who did interviews with me for the book, like we talked about it in the interviews, but as a researcher, like I can't bring it up again. They came to me as subjects and not as my friends. Right. So some of us, we've never talked about those stories ever again. We just talked about it on the recorder for the study. They have their pseudonyms in the book, and it's never come up. We've never brought it up in any other conversation. Wow. Woo, Dr. Utley. This is <laughs> this is tough, you know, this is tough, but this is real life and this is what people go through. So uh, I commend you for speaking to these women, especially the other woman like that one. I'm sure had to be tough. I saw one line in there where one woman I'm going to um, read the sentence. It says the lady said the relationships were broken before they got to me. I didn't have anything to do with the initial wrecking of it, but I participated in this affair and I enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, what did you think after hearing that? What, like, what did you think about this and hearing the other woman and them knowing that these men or their partners or their person was in a relationship and they continued with the relationship? I thought it was a really important perspective. Because I started out just interviewing women who had been cheated on. Right. And I felt like I was missing part of the story. And some of my friends are like, oh, you should talk to men who are cheaters. And I'm like, I'm cool. I'm sure there's a man who will want to do that research project. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But maybe I could talk to other women. 
Um, and they were more than willing to talk to me because the stereotype is that she's just a homewrecker. Yeah. And she, what does Raven say in the book? She's kicking everybody's puppies and taking these marriages and throwing them away. Mm-hmm. And she was like, it's a lot more complex than that. And I realized it was. Mm-hmm. That women enter other, other women enter relationships as a secondary partner for multiple reasons. Sometimes it's self-esteem reasons, sometimes it's independence reasons, sometimes they didn't know because the man had lied about the current state of his previous relationship. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they knew and they had fallen in love. Um, So it was a really, really interesting perspective that I think helps round out the book for sure. And, you know, because I've spent so much time with women and these stories, when I hear things like that, I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. I I 100% believe that's how you felt. (laughs) And... Other people should know that that's how you felt in that experience. That's their reality. That's what's real mm-hmm. to them. Ugh. What was the most shocking revelation? Any of them? Hmm. The most shocking revelation. I mean, the abuse part was pretty shocking. Like having that STI thing come up over and over again, that was definitely shocking. Um, some of the relationships where the couples cheated on each other. Yeah. And were still together. Right, right. I was like, that's, y'all doing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all like, but you made it work. Of- I commend you for it. Like you were able to like work through all of your issues. Like that's really cool. That's a different type um, of love, right there. I don't know, Doctor Edley. I love or something. I don't know, <laughs> but like people do what they can live with. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And if people find ways to like work it out, especially when things are as messy as they can be, mm-hmm. or as, as messy as they were in some of those stories, I'm like, props to you. Mm-hmm. Like those are great communication skills that you have right there <laughs> with your partner and your partner's partner and your side partner <laughs> there's a lot of people involved and sometimes there are children involved oh, yeah. so um the, the the story with the couple that had open relationships um and the boy that was involved and how they all agreed that no matter what happened they were going to put the child first and they were all still friends like 20 25 years later that was really empowering for me to hear that story and i definitely wanted to include it in the book for that reason i'm glad you shared everything and it was a really Really, like I said, jaw-dropping book, but it's really good and it's really necessary. What are some ways that you think women can heal after experiencing infidelity? Mm-hmm. I think that women need support groups. And not necessarily have to show up someplace with a sign on the door that says support group, right? <laughs> but you need your close girlfriends. Maybe you need your family members. Like maybe you need women in your church spaces. And if you don't have, like, physical people that you feel like you can trust, then I think that the literature is really important, like books like this, other books about infidelity, so that you can get perspective, Mm -hmm. so that you can understand what is and what isn't normal, um, so that you can feel less alone about whatever choices that you're making because you're not the first woman to make the choice that you made, whether it's to stay or to go or to have a revenge affair. Whatever it is you decide to do, you're not the first person to make that decision. So being able to be surrounded by other people that have made similar decisions or people who can really love you for who you are despite what it is that you decide to do is really very important. Mm-hmm. I think it's also important to find your own, I like to say, find your own business. Something that makes you happy, that you can do all by yourself, that you enjoy, whether it's a place that you go or if it's music or art or culture, whatever it is, like find a thing that makes you complete when you're all by yourself and put a lot of time and energy into that thing. Learn a new skill, like whatever it is for you that brings you joy, like find that and focus on that. Mm -hmm. And then the final thing would be communication with your future partners. Or if you decide to stay in a relationship, work on your communication with your current partner Mm -hmm. so that you can be clear about what you want and you can clearly express what you want. And then your partner can decide whether they want to be part of that with you or not and vice versa. 
listening well, giving your partner the opportunity to say whatever it is that he or she wants, and then you deciding whether that's something that you want to do and being honest about those decisions. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm glad you spoke up about that, being that you are a communications teacher. (laughs) So communication is definitely important. Uh, I do have a question from social media. Um, D. Latrice King from Facebook asked, how do you get over someone cheating on you? I know we must forgive, but we don't always forget. Mm-hmm. It's true. We don't always forget. Um, and a lot of times in my yoga, I say that sometimes the body remembers what the mind forgets. Mm. Sometimes there are physical places where we're holding tension or we're holding trauma and as far as our conscious mind goes, like that was a long time ago and we're good to go. And then you put yourself in a yoga pose and you start to breathe and then your heart rate goes up a little bit and maybe you start to cry and you're like, wow, I didn't know that I was still holding that wow. in my body. So I think that physical activity is really important. Yoga is really important to the healing, like being grounded in nature, I think can also give you revelations that you might not have, like inside closed doors. I know that might sound kind of hokey, but I believe the fluorescent lights are like bad for our health, and sometimes you just kind of need to be in the sun and think about what it is that you need to do and put your feet in the dirt. (laughs) And be like, all right, like I'm fully connected to the source of my being, like what kinds of decisions do I want to make next? Um, And then never rush your decision-making. You need to take as long as you need to take to decide what you want to do in Mm. your relationship. Don't let anybody rush you when it comes to that. And then when it comes to your healing, it's going to take as long as it takes. You know, I think it was Elizabeth in the book was talking about, like, marking a date on the calendar where she thought she'd be healed. Mm. And she was so obsessive about that date that she would write all her checks to that future date Mm. in the present moment because she just wanted to get there. Um, but it's going to take as long as it takes, and it's a baby step process where you have to really focus on you and do your assessments of you, of what you want and why you want it and why you might have settled for something that was less than what you wanted. Does that, does that go back to your childhood? Do you have childhood issues that you need to heal? And sometimes, quite frankly, we need a therapist or a trained professional to help us do that, mm-hmm. and there's no shame in that process. But the beauty of it is at the end of every relationship, you're a different person. You're never the same person you were before you entered into that romantic relationship. And hopefully on the other side, past the hurt and the pain, like you're going to be stronger, you're going to be wiser, you're going to be clearer about what it is that you want in life. And Mm -hmm. I'm speaking this from my personal experience. Mm -hmm. I had my own moments of heartbreak. After the infidelity, I had my own series of panic attacks where I had to call the hotline in the middle of the night because I thought I was going to die. And I remember looking in the mirror and saying to myself, by the time you're 80, this moment is not going to be the defining moment of your life. And I would just say that to me like over and over again until I started to believe it. And then 10 years, you know, post working on the book, I realized that even that mantra wasn't quite true for me because my ex-husband's experience with infidelity has put me in a great place. With this book, with the work that I've been doing with online games, with my teaching experiences, with the articles, like it really has been a gift that has put me in a position to help other people. Yeah, I was going to say leaving has actually changed your life for the better, you know. For the better. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, no one wants to hear that in the middle of their heartbreak. Right, 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 (laughs) right. right. That one day it will get better. But my personal story, I'm not guessing about this. This is not the research part. This is my personal story. For me, it was so much better than I could have imagined. Yeah, and time really does heal all wounds. And like you said, when you're in that moment, you're having your panic attacks, you're wondering, okay, what's going on? And you feel like this is it. You know, this is my life. This This is what it is. But like you say, you didn't let that moment define you. And it was a moment, you know, it's not your life. You, and we have to realize that, 
even with a day, a bad day, you might have a bad two minutes, but don't let that sit in and take the rest of your day. So if something happens to you that happened in that moment, but it does not define who you are for the rest of your life, you do have the power to change the trajectory of your life. And you took this and you pretty much turned your pain into your purpose. And now you are helping other people through your story when you didn't even know when you was writing this book that this was your story. Wow. I didn't. That's incredible, Dr. Utley. You're doing a great thing right now. Thank you. You're welcome. So do you want to talk a little more about yoga? I know you have your own class. Yes. Yes. Um, so I'm ebony.yoga on Instagram, shameless plug. <laughs> and I was trained in comedic yoga and also mindful hatha yoga. So I'm working on an experience called Healing from Infidelity Through Yoga, where I'd like to do, you know, part discussion on the book, part yoga practice from women in particular to focus on the parts of our body that, as I was saying before, have a tendency to hold a lot of that tension. Yeah. So we can create safe spaces for women to release them, to speak affirmations for what they want to see for their futures, to leave their past, like in their past, mm-hmm. and then also move forward into hopefully a much brighter and better future. I like that. Healing Through Yoga. Healing Say it again, healing infidelity. Healing from infidelity through yoga. There you go. I like that. And how can people reach you, Dr. Utley? Yes. So on Instagram, um, ebony.yoga. The website is also ebony.yoga. And the Utley Experience, U-T-L-E-Y, on Facebook and Instagram. Awesome. The book is available now on Amazon. There you go. Now, do you really want to say anything else about infidelity? No, we'll be on we'll be on the call like another hour. It's okay. fine. <laughs> Pick up the book, send me your comments on social media, and we can have conversations there. There you go. Be sure to tag her. Take a picture with the book. Be sure to tag the Utley Experience and let her know your feedback. The book is really, really good. I suggest you all get it. It's um it's great. It's also like you said, empowering, and it's also very educational. So. Please be sure to get it. Um, not educational in the sense that you look it's like a textbook or something. I know I'm talking to a professor, but no, educational as far as learning about other experiences and how it can help you to get through something from your past or what you've gone through and just understanding how other women are getting through what they've gone through as well. It's all a healing experience. So thank you, Dr. Utley. The book is called He Cheated, She Cheated, We Cheated. Women speak about infidelity. Make sure you cop that. Dr. Utley, you go, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Thanks so much for having me, Ashley. This was fun. You better be careful what you do to me. Because somebody might do it to you. Okay. That was Sparkle with her song, Be Careful, from her 1998 album titled Sparkle. Now, I told y'all in the beginning of the show that your girl can't sing like that. That's not, that's not you know, I'm, I'm not limiting myself when it comes to singing. I, that's not something I do. So bear with me. But really, she says, be careful what you do to me because somebody might do it to you. We've been talking about infidelity throughout this whole episode because it's pretty much like hurt people hurt people. You know, it's a bad cycle. You're lying to someone else. You're living with the guilt, I think. I don't know. Some people might not feel guilty about what they're doing and how they're hurting others. They might not have any remorse, but it's a bad cycle. You know, you're trying to love someone. They're not loving you back. You're being faithful to someone and loyal to someone. Then they might not be the same for you. So be careful what you do to other people because it might come back to you, girl. You're creating your karma. 
not only in relationships, not only cheating in relationships, but just in general, being a person who's like, oh, I'm not following the rules and I'm doing what I want to do and I don't care about the consequences. I don't care who is hurting. I don't care what I'm doing to anyone else. As long as I get what I need, I'm good. No, 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 no. You're creating all bad karma. You got to create good karma. Okay, because it's all going to come back to you. And I know sometimes we might even look at somebody where we had a situation with them and they did us wrong. Right. And we're like, when are they going to get their karma? Because they did me dirty. Don't even worry about it. They're going to get theirs. Maybe not in a way that you think they should get theirs, but they'll get it. Okay, that's between them and God. Now, that has nothing to do with you. Focus on yourself and focus on how you are treating everyone else. Focus on your own life and focus on creating your own good karma you got to be careful with what you're saying about other people what you're saying to other people you're you're creating some bad karma so we got to create good karma all right have some positive energy around yourself have positive self-talk with yourself have positive talk about other people when they're in front of your face or behind your back put some positive things out there and that positivity will come back to you it's not always guaranteed you know I, i feel like You think, oh, I'm a good person, so all good things are going to happen to me. Right. I heard you, girl. You were like, when? (laughs) I heard you, girl. I'm the same way. Like, wait, but I do everything right, I think. Why is this happening to me? Just know that every experience is a lesson for you. Okay, the good and the bad is all teaching you something about yourself. And anything bad that you're going through, maybe it's stretching you. To become a better person. Like Dr. Utley said, healing from her heartbreak, she was able to become stronger and wiser. And then moving forward, you know, okay, well, this was a red flag and that I missed in my last relationship, but I'm not missing it this time. Okay? But make sure that you are being the best you ever. Create your good karma. It doesn't matter what someone else has done to you. That's between them and their own life. You got to take care of your own business. All right, so be careful what you do to me because somebody might do it to you. If you want people to be faithful and respectful and honest with you, be that way to them. All right, create that good karma, girl. Now it is time to celebrate. I have to give a huge go girl shout out to the singer, Monica. She earned her fourth number one song on Billboard's adult R&B songs airplay chart. You go, girl. You go, girl. It's for her latest single, Commitment. And I think this is a big deal because this is her first chart hit since running her own label. Okay, she she went independent some years ago. She now has her own label, Mondanese Records. So she went independent, and this is her first number one song off her own label. So I know that has to make her feel good. Monica has been doing this forever. She's had four Number one singles. So the fact that this one is coming from her own album, you go girl. You go girl. Just need someone to love me when it's hard to. I can trust with all my issues. Someone who is patient and consistent. I need good sex and commitment. I know you were bobbing your head, but you know, this is a podcast. Less music, more talk. <laughs> That's But that is her single commitments i make sure you cop that she said it's surreal on a few levels to have a number one record at all i'm elated 
that people are welcoming true R&B music again and enjoying artists that have been true to it for decades, like myself. She's right, because music definitely has changed over the years, right? But she's making sure R&B stays alive. So go, Monica. Commitment is the lead release from her forthcoming album titled Chapter 38. And what I like, too, is, well... I don't like that she went through a divorce at all. That's very heartbreaking to go through that. But it seems like (laughs) I'm starting to see a theme here. No, some women, once they just, you know, take that leap of faith and let that hurt go and a relationship go, it seems like a lot of times they end up thriving. Wendy Williams is doing her thing. I mean... Look, Dr. Utley, because of her experience, she was able to come out with a book and be on the OWN Network and tell a lot of other stories from women who have gone through infidelity. Monica went through whatever she went through in her relationship, and now she's singing again and has a number one song on the billboards. In no way am I saying to break up with your lover. Not at all. I'm just saying, (laughs) girl, you can do it with or without a partner. You will be okay, despite any circumstances, all right? So make sure, I hope that came out okay. I don't want to sound like, you know, that I'm telling y'all to be single. Not at all, okay? Relationships are great. Be in them. But make sure you do have a partner that will help you grow and help you elevate and help you with your career and be supportive of it and be loyal and committed, okay? Well, that wraps up this episode of the Go Girl podcast because women are powerful. I would like to thank my guest, Dr. Utley. Be sure to follow her at the Utley Experience on social media. Cop her book, He Cheated, She Cheated, We Cheated. Women speak about infidelity. Make sure you grab that. It is definitely a great but also necessary for you to read and for you to understand more about relationships and cheating. Also, be sure to rate comment share uh, this episode if it resonates with you in some way and you want to let other people know about it i really appreciate the feedback on social media you can find me on instagram and facebook at i am ashley caprice be sure to follow the official instagram for this podcast at go girl podcast pretty simple tell a friend okay i'll be back next week and please remember to say your affirmations so today one more time i am faithful. You go, girl.